Welcome to another edition of Focus on the Kingdom. This is Anthony Buzzard inviting you again to search the Scriptures with us as we continue with our investigation of Jesus' favorite topic, what he called the Gospel or Good News about the Kingdom of God. May I challenge you in this program to an investigation of a striking verse in one of Paul's letters, the book of Galatians, in which he says something radically important about the nature of the Christian gospel. I'm reading here from Galatians chapter 3 and verse 8. Paul said this, And the scripture, foreseeing that God would declare the Gentiles righteous by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, All the nations will be blessed in you. I wonder if you realize that the Christian gospel was preached ahead of time to Abraham. It would seem only reasonable then, in our investigation of the gospel, to see what the terms of that Christian gospel were, as they appear in the documents of our Hebrew Bible. We have an ample record of God's dealings with the patriarch Abraham, who is called the father of the faithful, is called a Christian believer in the New Testament. God dealt with him as one of the most famous and privileged human beings ever to step the earth. And so Paul in Galatians 3.8 said that the Christian gospel was preached ahead of time to Abraham. What then was that gospel? Well, we have only to turn to Genesis 12, where we find laid out, not only in that chapter, but in chapter 13 and 15 and 17, the terms of the good news or gospel as proclaimed by God to Abraham. In Genesis 12, verse 1, I read the following. Now the Lord said to Abraham, Go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land which I will show you. And I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and I will make your name great. And so you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you and the one who curses you, I will curse. And in you, Abraham, all the families of the earth will be blessed. And in verse 4 we read that Abraham went forth just as the Lord had spoken to him. Now we recall again that Paul said that the terms of these arrangements made between God and Abraham formed the Christian gospel. What then was that gospel announced by God to Abraham? Well, one of the most striking factors in the series of promises made by God to Abraham is, of course, that he's going to inherit the land. God invited him to leave his own country and go in faith to a land he knew nothing about. He was simply to step out in faith, in obedience to God's command, and go to a land that God would show him. Now, I have to point out that heaven, as a place removed from this planet, is nothing at all to do with the gospel as preached to Abraham. The gospel promise is definitely related to this planet. Abraham was invited to a land, a piece of territory known to us today, of course, as the land of Israel, known in Bible times as the land of Canaan or Palestine. So right at the heart of this Christian gospel preached to Abraham, according to Galatians 3.8, we find the promise of a land, namely the land of Canaan. Now, in the 13th chapter of Genesis, the story advances as follows. 
We read in verse 12 that Abraham settled in the land of Canaan. And in verse 14, the Lord said to Abraham, after Lot, his nephew, had separated from him, Now lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward, for all the land which you see, I'm going to give it to you, Abraham, and to your seed, your descendants, forever. Now, it would be difficult to mistake the terms of this covenant made with Abraham. Clearly, there's nothing here at all about disappearing to super-celestial regions far removed from the planet. It's a thoroughly geographical and territorial promise that God makes to Abraham here. He's invited to look to the north, the south, the east, and the west, but he's not invited to look up into the sky as though some gift were available for him in heaven itself. No, the territorial and earthly aspect of the promise are abundantly clear. Now, the same promise of the land, the undertaking by God of a gift of land, continues throughout the book of Genesis. In chapter 15, we read this, After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision, saying, Do not fear, Abraham, I'm your shield, and your reward will be very great. Abraham then said, Lord God, what are you going to give me, since I am childless? And Abraham said, Since you've given me no offspring, one born in my house will be my heir. Then, behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This man will not be your heir, but the one who will come forth from your own body, he'll be your heir. And God took him outside and said, Now look towards the heavens and count the stars, if you're able to count them. And he said to him, So shall your descendants be. Then Abraham believed the Lord, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. And God then said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldees, out of Babylon, that is, to give you this land to possess it. You'll find that account in Genesis 15, verses 1 to 7. And in the latter part of the same chapter, we read the following. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham, saying, To your seed, your descendants, I have given this land from the river of Egypt as far as the great river, the river Euphrates. Once again, we see that the promise made to Abraham was thoroughly territorial and related to this earth. We pick up the story again when Abraham was 99 years old in chapter 17 of Genesis. Once again, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said to him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless, and I will establish my covenant between me and you, and I will multiply you exceedingly. And down in verse 8, we read the following. I will give to you and to your seed after you the land in which you are residing as an alien, all the land of Canaan, for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. You will find that statement in Genesis chapter 17, verses 1, 2, and 8. Once again, the territorial aspect of the promise made by God to Abraham comes over loud and clear. We're dealing here with a promise related to this earth, the story is well known that the very same covenanted and oath-bound promise of land made to Abraham 
continues throughout the book of Genesis. Most striking is the statement in Genesis 28 and verse 4, where we find the very same promise repeated to Jacob, that's to say the grandson of Abraham. May God also give you, Jacob, the blessing of Abraham to you and to your seed with you, that you may possess the land where you reside as an alien, which God has given to Abraham. Now the question I'd like to raise with you is this. Has that promise of land to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob ever been fulfilled? Did Abraham, in fact, ever possess the land according to the terms of God's promise to him? Did Jacob ever possess that land? Indeed, did Isaac, the son of Abraham, possess it? Now, the answer to those questions is plainly no. It is true, of course, that the children of Israel did come into the land of Palestine under Joshua, where they coexisted rather unhappily with the Canaanites. They were able, of course, to expel some of the inhabitants of the land. But one major factor in the promise remained completely unfulfilled. You see, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob had been long dead when the children of Israel, their descendants, took over the land of Palestine. And so the fulfillment of the promise that God would give the land to Abraham personally and to Isaac personally and to Jacob personally never came to be. Now, I'm sure you realize that in subsequent stages of the history of Israel and how they fared in the land of Canaan, there were many ups and downs, trials and tribulations, and tragically, the northern kingdom of Israel was expelled from the land in about 721 B.C. Subsequently, in 585 or 586 B.C., the southern kingdom of Judah was also expelled. After that time, there was a partial return of the nation of Israel to the land under Ezra and Nehemiah. You read about the rebuilding of the temple, for example, in the book of Haggai and Zechariah. But the promise, as it was given originally to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, never came to fulfillment. And so the reasonable question is, what has happened to the promise made to Abraham? Did Abraham ever inherit the land? And if not, how can he do so? And what anyway has this to do with the Christian gospel? The answer to that question, we feel, will revolutionize your reading of the Bible promise made to Abraham, we recall from Galatians 3, verse 8, is the substance of the Christian gospel. So Paul said plainly in that verse, the gospel, the Christian gospel, that is, Paul said in Galatians 3, 8, was preached beforehand to Abraham. Now that means that the promise of the territory, the land, the land of Canaan forever, as an everlasting possession, is in fact at the very heart of the Christian gospel. Well, you may say, how does that relate to Christ and his preaching? Well, it relates exactly and precisely. Did not Jesus say, Blessed are the meek, they are going to inherit the land. Matthew 5, verse 5. There it is, the Abrahamic promise, brought forward now and reaffirmed in the teaching of Jesus and held out as the prize and the reward and the promise to the faithful, those who develop Christian character through the Spirit of God are destined to inherit the land. And the land, of course, may now in the New Testament be called alternatively the kingdom of God. What I would invite you to see is that there's no mention at all here of heaven as a place removed from this planet. The 
promises of God given to Abraham and confirmed as the Christian gospel by Jesus and by Paul are thoroughly and strictly related to this planet. The earth, of course, is going to be renewed and refreshed, reinvigorated and restored as the kingdom of God on the earth to be established and organized by Jesus when he comes back in power and glory. I wonder if you knew that Stephen, in that sermon which cost him his life, began by saying in verse 5 of Acts 7 that God gave Abraham no inheritance in the land, not even a foot of ground, and yet when he had no child, he promised that he would give it to him as a possession and to his offspring after him. Now, Stephen, of course, goes on to point out that the children of Abraham did come into the land under Joshua, but Abraham, of course, did not receive that promise, the only piece of territory ever owned at all by Abraham in the land of Canaan, was a small piece of territory which he purchased from the Hittites, where later he buried Sarah, his wife. Apart from that, Abraham did not inherit the very land that God had promised him on oath and by covenant. According to Galatians 3 and verse 14, that blessing of Abraham now comes to the Gentiles also by faith in Jesus Christ. The famous land promise comes through in the New Testament as the hope of the kingdom of God on the earth. We invite you to request from us our booklet on the kingdom of God. We believe that you will find this invaluable as an aid to your own Bible study. The Bible will come alive when you link the Old Testament promises to Abraham with the New Testament promises in Jesus Christ. Join us again for our continuing investigation of the gospel about the kingdom of God.